Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the Runners World podcast with me, Rick Pearson. Me, Ben Hobson. And me, Jane McGuire. Today we're talking all about the taper. Ooh. The mysterious world of doing a little bit less. Well, I mean, we all oohed in, with dramatic sentiment, and mm. I think that that's probably the, the general consensus mm. when it comes to taper. It's sort of viewed as this sort of mystery world, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> completely. completely. And, and I think hopefully by the end of this podcast, we'll have dispelled a few myths about the taper, and hopefully people will be feeling uh, better about going into the marathon. Because Jane, it's only a couple of weeks away now, and you're going to be on the London start line. I am flying the flag for the Runners World podcast on the start line <laughs> of the London Marathon 2021. Does that does that mean you are going to record the whole thing? A hundred percent. I think it'd be a, a lost, it'd be a lost opportunity not to. I really want to add to the intensity of the day by carrying equipment um <laughs> just yeah i, mean, I love a challenge yeah, yeah yeah definitely so why not imagine being mic'd up for a whole marathon the things that you probably aren't even aware that you're saying i just yeah and i just don't know what you what would you talk about for no one would want to listen to me for four hours that's like an audio book isn't it <laughs> but really just literally an unwritten audiobook, just a complete freestyle of just like oh, god oh i better have a gel in a minute Oh, I'm just passing Cutty Sark. Oh, it looks the same. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway. Anyway. Oh, before we get into this. Good time. So for the joys of um, alliteration, this is 10 top tapering tips. It's good that, isn't it? It's really good. Um, but these are all sort of backed up by actual science and professionals like Tom Craggs, contributor and columnist to the magazine and nutritionists and all that sort of stuff. So it's not just caveat of it's not just us three <laughs> waffling waffling on about stuff that we kind of yeah. semi-understand this is even real. though this we is... will absolutely be doing that <laughs> this but... is inf- this is informed science i think yeah, before, yeah, we, exactly. before we start quick definition of tapering so um this isn't in a dictionary but this is right trust me um <laughs> so right. tapering is a process of cutting back training so you can absorb the hard work you've done in the peak weeks of training the goal is to get to the start line feeling energized and ready to perform but without losing fitness glorious that's what, we're going for. that's what we're going for i'll go in with number one tailor your taper so this is oh. you know ju- just as there isn't a kind of one size fits all marathon plan there isn't a generic uh one size fits all taper that's going to work for everyone um tom craggs who's a columnist as well says the key to tapering is knowing yourself and having an understanding of what you're trying to achieve what type of runner you are and what your key life stresses are Think more holistically and don't be confined by the rules. What makes you feel good is important too. So I think that is a good place to start. So there's not like one person's taper that works for them isn't necessarily going to work for for you. So I think listening to your body and being adaptive during this kind of confusing and scary period is a is a good place to start. Yeah. Also, you just you by this point you'll understand how like well your body responds mm. to things. 
So if you sort of are a person like I, 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 I'm, I, I'm rubbish at doing back to back days. Like my body doesn't respond well to that. So I would never, not even in, obviously not in the taper either, but in the build up. So you kind of know that, um, you've your body, what your body's capable of and what makes it feel better and what, 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 what it doesn't. What are you guys? Are you guys like a, a month, three weeks, two weeks? How do you normally approach it? I am a two week taper because I run off nervous energy. And <laughs> if I sit still for too long, I convince myself that my limbs are falling off. So I have done longer tapers before and I found that the stress levels go through the roof. And actually, if I can keep moving, two weeks is more than enough time for me to kind of chill out enough to be okay on the day. But that's that's just me. I'm a I'm a highly anxious person. <laughs> there you go. Nothing like the building up to an, uh, an incredibly important date to really let you relax. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what about you, Rick? Yeah, I think I'm I'm similar um, on, on all all those levels actually. But um, yeah, I probably would do more of a two week than a three week, and I would try to do the longest run a little earlier than a lot of people. So I know a lot of, a lot of people do the kind of three weeks out. That's the longest run. I personally think that's a little bit too close to race day. Um, so I would try and do that maybe five or four weeks out, just in case something went a bit wrong and you got a niggle. I think it just gives you a bit more of um, a leeway. But um, a yeah, way to panic I'm, the masses, Rick. Yeah. But I, I would say that <laughs> I'm, now. I'm, I'm not someone who's ever done big miles, so like I don't yeah. think. That what were you? What are you talking are... long run? Are you talking a twenty rather than a twenty-two? Because I've never done a twenty-two. I don't get it. I think it's too far. Yeah, I went more extreme. Like the best marathon I did, I only the, f- the furthest I ran was sixteen miles. Okay. Oh, there we so go. that's but like did, a ray of yeah. uh, a hope for anyone that hasn't managed to get the twenty mile in. It doesn't matter. Well, yeah, I mean, it worked, it worked for me. <laughs> but I, statement. I, I had done, I done a kind of sixteen mile race at marathon pace, so that kind of gave me a little bit of a. I was like, okay, cool, I'm going to be okay at least to like seventeen or eighteen miles, and then I'll just get it finished. I don't think people should listen to me and my approach there, but it didn't <laughs> yeah. work for me. It's quite extreme. ten more miles is a long way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, let's move on. Moving on to point two. Yep. Um, Think of this as your final period of training. This is from Tom Craggs again. And he says, rather than a separate and distinct block, I prefer to think of the taper as the final period of training, a time to focus on performance, readiness and fine tuning. So I'd encourage you to reframe your taper thinking wider than purely biophysical rules. So... Mm, bio, those biophysical all rules. those biophysical rules. I think in normal terms he means just this is just the final point like you know you've trained for 16 weeks and you know you'll have you'll have kind of heavy weeks and you'll drop back a week and then you'll you know this is just the last block of that and it's all part of the training it's not like your training has just stopped this is as important in a way as the work you've already done even though it might not feel like that because your mileage is dropping yeah yeah definitely yeah, I think that's the biggest psychological uh, sort of hurdle to get over is that the mileage dropping makes you feel like the confidence you get from a good run in the build-up slightly is diminished by the not being able to sort of replicate it in the taper. And I think that's where like that struggle with like, oh, but I need to, I want to just do it again because I feel like it will just help me, reassure me. But, you know, if it's in the bag and you've done it, now it's time to treat it like a very treat it with that sort of 
regard of this has to be done as clinically as the rest of everything yeah. else. Yeah. Hold your nerve. Hold your nerve in a taper. Okay. Point number three. Taper your mental mileage. Mm, all right. Um, a lesson from Ethiopian runners who are, after all, rather good at this. Stop doing laps when you're not doing laps. Huh? Mm, mm. Uh, <laughs> the, the Amharic word for laps is zur. Hmm. So while while doing zur is a good thing on the track, one should avoid too much zur when not training, and particularly when tapering. In this sense, zur means any activity that compromises your ability to rest between training sessions. For the majority of us, that's you know a little zur is unavoidable. <laughs> <laughs> I love this, but it's still worth looking at your overall commitments and training to see where more rest and recovery could be built in. Less zur. I like it. it's a great word, isn't it? Zur. Zur. I've been doing so much zur recently. Oh it's my good, god, though. I've just got so much zur to do. I can really I like appreciate that. this and I can blame my career at Runners World because I remember <laughs> the last time I did the London Marathon, we were at the expo for an entire week. Yeah, and yeah, I had, loads of I had so no zur. No zur. I was just, <laughs> all I thought about was the London Marathon for one whole week. And then when it got to the Sunday, I was like, I can't physically wait for this to be over because I can't want to, I don't want to stop thinking about it. Whereas now, and with Berlin, I feel very like, I think a little bit of distance is good, but that is a very niche. Unless you're working at the expo and running, that probably won't apply to you. So I guess it's (laughs) just more like, you know, mute mute the running club WhatsApp group. Don't try not to talk about the marathon full, like continuously for the next couple of weeks. Just... Try and kind of, I guess, distract yourself and not be thinking about it every second of the day. Definitely. We talk a little bit about comparison to others in a bit. So that, that can be on point wherever, but you're right. It's that not, not, this is not the time to start having like deep and deep and insightful chats with other people about their training. Yeah. And I, there's always someone, there's like, if you're going back into the office and people talk to you, there's always someone that's like, oh, are you going to aim for a negative split or what do you think your pacing strategy will be? And you just don't need that person. Just swerve, <laughs> swerve them, avoid them, run as fast as you can away from them because you just don't need any of that in your life right now. Okay. So limit zur. That's good. Um, number four is lay off the weight. So if you've been a good conscientious runner, then lots of strength training, you know, the classic stuff like weighted squats and single leg, de- single leg deadlifts and lunges and all that stuff. That's great. But that, that's in the bag now. So I think it's time to put the, the weights away. Um, study found that um, athletes who strength trained consistently for a number of months and then stopped uh, a month before uh, doing a race still enjoyed all the benefits of improved running economy that strength training can bring. So yeah, I think it's... Um, Similar to like not doing any big long runs now, like the, it's in the bag if you've done weight training and you definitely don't want to be lifting heavy weights in the week of the marathon and having like, and having heavy legs on the day. So put down the dumbbells. Yeah. 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 Do some body weight stuff, mobility, yeah, all, all you know, all those sessions that were maybe weight based, you know, just remove the weight and do body weight or like focus on some nice stretching and yeah. mobility. Or don't do anything, minimize all risks, put yourself in bubble wrap, don't minimize do anything. Risk. Yeah. Just, just do some very gentle yoga in your living room don't even leave the house if you can (laughs) (laughs) um point number five keep the intensity and frequency but drop the volume um so this is you know the the probably the, the the most crucial bit of the taper is the reduction of mileage um 
And studies have found a, a reduction in volume, we didn't know how many miles you run, coupled with a high intensity work the week before com- competition yielded the best results on race day. So that means maintaining a little interval work or tempos or you're doing your speed sessions and all that sort of stuff in the taper is great, but you've got to scale back the length of those sessions. So, um, you know, all the mileage comes down, the intensity can kind of remain, but it's just focus on short, sharp stuff. And doing this will keep you feeling sharp, but not depleted on race day. It's good that one, isn't it? Because it's not necessarily what you think. I think you might think, right, I'm going to do no speed work for like a month, you know, because... I, you know the race is coming up and i'll be knackered but actually yeah just keeping like dipping your toe in that stuff during the taper just keeps it keeps yeah, you sharp yeah. i think there's still some work to do in your taper it's mm. not just it doesn't you're not just switching off and it's, it's nice to, and it's, it's good to know that there's some you know the speed stuff <laughs> still there um the sixth point is visualize and this is one that i really do swear by the taper period is a really good practice time to practice mental visualization which sounds very hippie but in other words you're picturing your desired outcome in your mind so in the weeks leading up to the race visualize the outcome you want to experience whether that's finishing in a particular time keep thinking of yourself crossing the line and seeing that time physically kind of above the finish line or just enjoying the experience think about the crowds think about what you can see what you can hear what you'll feel what you'll smell, what you might taste. Um, Start small by thinking of one literal thing and then add more images every time you do this. And you can also use this to kind of think about any things you might be struggling with. So if you want to improve your form, imagine running with a kind of strong, upright position, embracing your core and maintain that form in the final miles of the marathon, you'll still be running like that. And I did this for Berlin where I had a notebook and it's probably the only time I've run a marathon and really cared, you know, really, really kind of dedicated the goal to be a time. Um, And I would every morning think about crossing the line in that time, who I would call, what I would feel like, what, you know, what, what that would feel like. And I'd write, write down every day, this will be my best marathon, this will be my strongest marathon. Um, And I felt crazy, but I think it worked. Yeah, I think it's a really powerful thing. It can feel a little bit like, as you say, a little bit hippie. Like, why should imagining that I'm going to do well in the race like affect the physical outcome of the race? But I did the same thing in the, in, um, in the marathon. Yeah, F- thought at the time I wanted to get and pretty much, yeah, got pretty close to, to getting it. And I think, yeah, just kind of, you can do a lot of stuff before you get to the start line that's going to have a, a big, powerful impact. And if you, I think if you decide that you're going to run well and you're ready to do it, that puts you in the best possible position rather than, I don't know, uh maybe not thinking about that stuff and it all being quite vague yeah and i think visualize what might if you don't because i think if you if a time is your goal there might be a moment in the marathon where your brain tells you you're not going to reach it and that's so powerful and you might just walk and you might just give up on it whereas if you visualize that might happen and i'm going to get this time instead and that's still going to be great it can kind of help motivate you on the day that you know this might happen, but this will still be amazing. I'm still going to have run this distance. I'm still going to see my dad cheering me at mile 20. I'm still going to see, do you know what I mean? Try and build a, like a really positive mindset about if things don't go to plan A, plan B is still going to be brilliant too. Because um, I think it's so easy. I've definitely done that before. I've been like, do you know what? I'm not going to get sub four. I'm going to walk. And it, I could have done, I would, that might not have 
I might have got very close to it, but because my I let my brain tell me it was going to give up, I did give up. So I think it's yeah, super yeah. powerful. Yeah, it's really good. I think as well, like as you, it's acknowledging the hard bits. That's where I think the visualization can really help as well. When you know the course, so say with London, you know there's going to be bits where it's much harder than it is, you know, whatever Canary Wharf or something. You you. If you prepare yourself by going, actually, you know what, this could be quiet. There might not be enough. There might not be the same crowds. It's going to be a point of the race where, uh, I don't know, maybe in all your long runs, you've got to 16 miles and it's been like, that's the bad mile. So you just know it's coming. So you just can kind of be like, oh, well, I'm going to visualize that moment of being like, right, I know I'm gonna, this is going to be bad. If it is bad, then I'm going to just know that it's going to be over soon or I'm going to deal with it in this way or, you know, just have that sort of like uh, preparation of kind of visualizing or preparing for the slightly harder bits. Because the the visualization for all the positives is absolutely like game changing, I think, just like that's where that's, you know, seeing the success. But also it just helps buffer those hard moments when you suddenly might have like a real wobble (laughs) and then you can suddenly be like, oh, yep, ready for this. I remember so clearly, I was, I was going on the train to my first London Marathon, I was absolutely petrified, like terrified, and I was so nervous, and I, this lovely woman sat next to me and she said, oh this is my, I think she said like 15th or 16th marathon, and I said, oh my god, do you ever not feel like this? And she said, no, you just have a different thing to stress about every year, and I think I've learned that, that you know, that first marathon I was terrified about everything. And then the next marathon, I was terrified about not reaching a time. And then in Berlin, I was terrified about being in pain. Like you'll always have something that scares you on the start line. And I imagine even the elite runners feel like that too. So just kind of like, like if kind of yeah, visualize that, visualize, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're earning money. But I think like we, I use the visualization because I was so scared of being in pain. And I know it's not like it is a pain that's going to end. It's not a pain. It's just your muscles hurting because you're running. But I got so hung up on being in pain that, I don't know, I feel like that was my biggest worry. And it's silly now, looking like this year, I don't feel like that. So just kind of go with the flow, I think, and accept accept what you're stressing about. And that's totally valid. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's, it's a shared pain, isn't it? It can feel like when you're worried about it now, like quite isolated, but actually on the day, there's a real sense of camaraderie, I think, at the marathon. The people you're running with are probably in a similar amount of discomfort as you are in the in the later stages. So that's something to to cling to as well. Um, number seven: reduce, maintain, increase. So that the taper period isn't just about dialing things back. Um, there are some things you should reduce, of course, some things you, you should maintain, and some things you should even increase. So, on the reduce side of things, uh, reducing stress. So physical stress, reducing the amount of mileage, definitely. But also like mental stress, zer, mm. as we've talked about before. Zer, yeah. Reducing comparison. So, um, you know, it's so easy on social media, isn't it, to, to, to sort of look at people whose training is seemingly going amazingly or have, have done way more miles than you. But I think that that's not useful at the best of times and it's particularly unhelpful during the taper period. Um, reducing risk as well. So that's risky stuff like, you know, uh, heavy weight sessions, maybe some the kind of more extreme end of your run training might be might have a risk element but also like like no diy in the last week <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah but don't go up any ladders that kind of stuff so just just reducing overall risk in your life um maintaining i think patterns and routines jane you've talked about this but i think runners are very much kind of creatures of habits and no radical changes to 
routines just dialing back the mileage not a kind of massive overhaul of stuff um and just think about maintaining fitness rather than than building fitness i think it's not it's not the, the goal of of a taper period to get fitter it's, it's to become kind of more energized and more ready physically and mentally for, for a big challenge um and then increase 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 confidence so if you're going to do some sessions do sessions that make you feel good i think jane you've talked about doing a marathon pace session hopefully 10 miles at marathon pace now feels good you like you feel like actually i, I can do this um and try and increase your you know energy levels by getting to bed a bit earlier and also increase uh, responsiveness so that's like being a bit more adaptive so if your body is tired actually listen to it and 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 don't run that day and i think if if in doubt do a little bit less there you go i'm gonna shoehorn in like another bit to the increase bit here so that we can still stick to 10 top training tapering tips um so and this is the the increase of sleep sleep could be a whole one on itself but basically sleep is is your best friend in the taper and needs to be the thing that you kind of treat with the same regard as mileage and everything else like try and get try and really get as much sleep as you can um because it's when you know overnight is when your muscles recover and the body repairs damaged tissues and it makes you feel better when you've had sleep you're more buoyant and you know um just that week before the race getting some good sleep in because the night before the race is bound to be a bad night's sleep and there's just nothing you can do about that and you wouldn't shouldn't worry about it it just will be um unless you're blessed with the you know comfort of just being able to go to sleep whenever you want wherever you want but yeah so the more sleep you can get in the week beforehand is 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 definitely beneficial to yourself and your your positive your mental attitude and uh, your body healing and stuff um and uh nutritionist kim pearson she recommends uh a magnesium supplement one hour before bedtime which could help because uh, it acts uh, magnesium acts as a muscle relaxant and it has a calming and relaxing effect on the brain and can uh, support relaxation and sleep so we do all the other stuff. Don't, you know, no screen time. Um, try not to, I guess, try not to eat a massive meal just before sleep containing loads of sugar. That always tends to make it bad for me when I sleep. Alcohol, don't have that. That can affect sleep. So, you know, and then try some magnesium if you want. Chuck in some magnesium. Yeah, yeah. Why not? I mean, I say alcohol. Some people like have a little drink and it helps them go to sleep. But I always find it really ruins my sleep. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think, yeah. Well, I just wake um, up more. I'm a very... I'm a very good sleeper, so I don't, you know, I can go, I can famously sleep when we were doing, no, remember when we were doing our sleep, we were doing a sleep tracking article yeah. on our watches, and I think I could easily sleep for about 10 hours without, Easy. Yeah, yeah. just not, not needing to wake up, so now I have a puppy that has changed, but um, yeah, even I probably would, alcohol affects my sleep more than the puppy probably, so... I don't know. I think there are rules about this, aren't there? And I wouldn't want to sound like a killjoy, but I'd probably just... I think it's just a bit sensible. Chill out on the alcohol from now till Sunday the 3rd of October. Yeah. I think it's pretty well established that alcohol is quite bad for you. <laughs> so. Well, I don't know. Like, if you're getting married this weekend, have a drink yeah, on your wedding abstain. day. Like, yeah, do you know of course. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Have I mean, if you've time. planned it that badly, though, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Or if you're yeah. going to a wedding and you're a bridesmaid, don't that is ruin, a lot of don't ruin a day. Have a drink, yeah. but like, that's a lot of zur before a race <laughs> organising a wedding. Oh, that's so yeah. that's so much zur. That's so much zur. Too much. Don't move house. That's completely zur. Zertastic, isn't it? Moving house. This is the Runners World podcast.
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. All right, what are we? Number eight. Number eight. If in doubt, do a bit less. And this is based on a study from the University of Limburg, which is in the Netherlands, which. Um, showed how overtrained endurance athletes really are and researchers tracked the changes in the cells of the leg muscles of Dutch runners as they built up to a marathon and they found that after these runners had gradually increased their training mileage to 48 miles a week with long runs ranging up to 20 miles the group then went around a marathon and almost 60% of the runners on the start line had muscle damage they had depleted glycogen stores and despite doing a standard taper their legs were weren't in the best state so I think if in doubt in this bit if you've got a niggle just skip some runs it's absolutely fine you want to give your body the best chance of recovering and even like a little thing like a blister that you can't get rid of miss a few runs and let the let the skin do its stuff and heal and I think you'll feel better on race day if you've not got a blister at mile six so yeah if in doubt do a bit less yeah it's, it's, it should be easy advice to follow, isn't it? But I know that people struggle with that. But um, I think that's particularly true if it's your first marathon. Because I think you've, you've put your body through something like that kind of 16 weeks or, or more of training. Like, it's a hell of a thing to ask, particularly if, it's, if uh, you know, this is something that's you haven't done before. Doing a little bit less is is such a better idea than trying to cram some stuff in and potentially, you know, being injured on the start line or, or knackered on the start line. Yeah. Hey, well, Rick, that leads us nicely into point number oh, nine. Yes. Go ahead. No cramming. Right, right. Hey. No cramming. So you will not get fitter during your taper period, and that shouldn't be the, the goal either. You really, It's really, really, really a bad idea to start cramming in long, tough sessions in, in your taper period in the hope that you might get some kind of 11th hour fitness out of it. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And also, you're much more likely to be knackered or injured on the start line. So... Yeah, just trust in the training that you've done. Even if it's not as much training as, you, as you'd hoped, I think that's going to be 95% of people on the start line aren't, you know, they're not going to have had a perfect run up to the, the marathon. No. But you don't solve that by, yeah, by trying to cram in runs at this late stage. So just, just be proud of what you've managed to do and hold your nerve a little bit and get to the start line feeling ready to go. And that that's good enough, I think. Yeah, trust in your training should be one of the visualization things. And it's something 
my brother screamed in my face <laughs> at mile 22 of a marathon very aggressively <laughs> and it's stuck with me ever since that trust in what you've done especially That's if amazing. you got honestly it was aggressive I'm, I'm, it was I'm, trust I'm, your I'm training i'm gonna do that to strangers mad. on the day i'm just gonna be there do it because trust it's training, i mean sandra just it is no it is like a positive thing and also if you've got into this london marathon in October 2019 you've been training yeah. for two years you've had your you've had enough zerd to get <laughs> you around this marathon times 10 so trust in that you've mentally been preparing for so long and you deserve to get to the finish line so just trust that and keep going that's amazing yeah, imagine if someone's listening to this doing the London marathon like and they're just like yes I've got it like that's what All right that's what I want someone to be doing. Imagine, right, right anyone, you're, you're now currently, you're at mile 18. Congratulations for listening to the podcast. Thank you for doing that. Keep going. Trust Keep in going. your training. Trust in your training. Trust in your training. Trust in your training. Oh, good times. Um, point number 10. Oh, we're there. Oh my God. We've done it. Food, glorious food. <laughs> um, I think this is kind of that one where everyone kind of stresses about how much when you're when you're doing all the mileage and you're running hard all the time all week whatever you're doing and you're going and doing your strength training food becomes such a sort of like I can just do what I want and I need to eat all of this food because I'm burning it all off and I think that the taper comes with this sort of like concern that you're suddenly gonna keep eating as much as you have been without doing the mileage and sort of turn into a ginormous lump in two weeks um and that's simply not the case um you'll be burning less calories of course but um you should just let your body decide in this case it's really is just not like starving yourself because you're not doing so much or being really worried that you're going to gain weight or any of these things like if you gain weight during the taper it's going to be absolutely minimal and most likely be water so you know it's it's all it's it's all about um keeping the body really topped up with good quality carbs protein fats all the macro stuff that you kind of like know about just make sure that you just keep eating carbs especially because you know it's not one big bowl of pasta the night before it's decent carb based meals for the week leading up to it just making sure that the body is absolutely like primed full of glycogen and uh the muscles are feeling good and repaired and protein does that and you know it's just it, it's just about not worrying that the food don't go and eat like 900 Big Macs or something. That will obviously make you feel terrible. But, you know, just have, keep keep eating is basically it. Just keep enjoying the food. Don't worry about weight gain. Just be smart about yeah, it. If, if, if in doubt, eat a bit more. Yeah, have, a, have an extra <laughs> snack. Because you've, you, you've no. talked to some experts on this, don't you, about like... I have. I am someone who has had a lot of problems with food and eating and body image and... I have been reassured at multiple times in my life that you absolutely physically cannot balloon in size or you can't put you can't physically change that much in two weeks. Even, you know, I've spoken to um Rini McGregor who wrote a brilliant piece on the Runners World about, you know, times like Christmas where you feel like, Oh my god, I've eaten so much for four or five days, which is I guess how you'll probably feel the next couple of weeks. You can't your body can't put on when your body's really good at kind of telling you, oh, this doesn't make me feel good. This does make me feel good. So you can't, you know, like Ben says, unless you're eating McDonald's and going on a crazy, crazy binge, 
which you probably wouldn't be doing anyway you can't your, your body will sort yourself it's out and your body will know that it needs this right now so kind of listen and try and kind of eat intuitively and not be scared about what what might happen because it won't it just won't um that would be my advice and I will try and listen to that and lay off the rice cake pizzas this week and (laughs) (laughs) not be so afraid of scarves (laughs) you do need you need those delicious rice cake pizzas those that's that's a a perfectly if anyone wants the recipe Email a podcast email address because I can send it. But it, you podcast at runnersworld.co.uk. <laughs> I'm going to say now we're not yeah. going to get requests for the rice cake pizza recipe. They are wildly unpopular, Rick. <laughs> Every time I put them on my Instagram, people say, what What's the happening? hell are you doing? Are you a four-year-old? But yes, I am. And <laughs> I, I love them. I love them. One day, one day they'll catch on. And you've I think when you're not first. allowed to eat actual bread, though, you've, you've, you've made the best of a bad situation. True, yes. And I think that was another tip I read on the Runners World US site that some runners bizarrely think eating gluten-free stuff is better for them because it's not got wheat in, which people can feel bloated when they... But I think unless you're... Unless that's like something a doctor's told you to do, that cannot be great. Do you know what I mean? Like nothing new on race day, nothing new in the run-up to a race. Don't, Don't make any kind of rash decisions in your diet at this point. Save that till... Yeah, at the end of October or after the race. After the marathon, I think, exactly. yeah, all bets are off. Go and have something really exotic, you know. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> oh, you do, yeah. you, man, rice, after that Rice marathon. cake pizzas, like, absolutely. And exactly. No. Oh, yeah, go to, go to McDonald's. The only time I ever eat McDonald's is when I've run a marathon, so that's what I'll do. That's good. Repl- we'll certainly replenish that salt. There you go. Yeah. Well, Jane, best of luck on uh, next, well, not next Sunday, the Sunday afterwards. Thanks, team. And uh, yeah, I'll, um, I'll let you know how it goes. I'll, oh, we'll be there. Don't you worry. We'll be there. We'll be, we'll be there shouting, <laughs> Trust in the training. The Please don't <laughs> interview me. Less, sir. Less, sir. Less, sir. Maybe, I, well, maybe I'll bring the microphone down and just try and get along. So, you know, when the BBC interview people on Tower Bridge and they're kind of like, oh, oh hey, how's your race going? It's like, oh, my God, it's fine. Oh, oh, please leave me alone. Oh, yeah. maybe I'll try and... and they're like, who are you running for? And people are just like, ah. so don't, yeah. don't do that to me. Oh, 100% now. That's, that's my only aim for this. <laughs> the only reason you're coming to watch now is to yeah. get, a, Tr- get a sound bite for the sound podcast. Bite. Just trust in your training. Trust in your training. Okay. Honestly, everyone scream that at people when they see them. You, they'll be alarmed and they'll probably cry, but they'll run away and think, yeah, yeah okay, okay, thank yeah, you, thank you, it. thank you. It won't go down well in the moment because it's not what you want to hear, but it will go down well when you're getting to that, getting to yeah. that bit near the end where I can never remember what part of London you're running through. You're suddenly... You go from Big Ben to Buckingham Palace and I don't understand how you get there and I never will. So <laughs> it's like a... You'll know what I mean. Yeah. Everyone yeah, knows no, what I know I mean. what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You're in the... How do, uh, where do you go? You're in, you're in St. James's Park, aren't you? In that kind of road from Big Ben. Yeah, I so think not... so, but I don't understand because you just suddenly, you're just suddenly at Buckingham Palace <laughs> and I'm like, what? How did I get here? But then... And then the, the it goes in from metres to yards yeah it's it? a yardage like, at the, the end <laughs> what's a yard how far is a yard so don't panic you'll get yeah. there and it'll be fine it's like a meter isn't oh, it it's like a meter kind of like it a is, meter. yeah so i guess it, it's actually saying like i don't know 200 meters to go but for some reason we put it in yards <laughs> yeah. so well it's because it's a yard based thing isn't it the marathon yeah that 
Yeah, and it's like back to the old how they first ever set the distance. That's why it's like it's X number of miles plus a certain number of yards because, you know, people are weird. Yeah, and, and that's Yeah, and that can that be another tip for the anyone doing London is to, <laughs> to not sprint the second you see Buckingham Palace because you've still got... <laughs> I got quite a long <laughs> way. Turn the corner. <laughs> you've still got, got quite corner. a few yards. To it go. can't be an official tip because that would ruin our, our top 10 taining tapered tips. But well, it's it not can a tapered be... tip. It's a race day oh, tip. Oh, yeah, true. Race day tip, right. Do Don't sprint. sprint. Save, save, save those, Jane. That's I'm next dre- week. The racing tips next week. Oh, oh, well, I might not be here next week, but save that. <laughs> Cut me out and put that in next week. <laughs> right. I'd say just don't sprint at any moment, to be honest. Well, sprint across the line. Look, yeah, look maybe. great. Look yeah. great in front By of that all, point. Your, yeah. all your friends. Look great on TV. Yeah. Oh, my God. You want to you you be sprinting across the line, but don't sprint when you first see the palace because you've still got a bit to go. Yeah, exactly. Um, right. Right. Cool. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's Runners World podcast. A huge thanks to our special guests, Ben, Jane, and me. And uh, to, you, to you for listening. And if you're going to be running uh, the London Marathon or another marathon, next couple of weeks i hope it's been interesting listening yeah all the best if you are running a marathon and once you've finished your marathon and you've taken a small breather and some time to reflect you should probably subscribe to runners world magazine to make sure that your next race is even better um visit hearstmagazines.co.uk and get three issues for just five pounds or subscribe for the year because if you're building up to another race you're going to need all that knowledge that we have for that whole length of time to get super quick and great and fantastic at running um so yeah and whether you've listened to this podcast on race day and we've <laughs> helped you across the line or whether or you've just listened to it whether, whether we've made you really scared during your taper please do click subscribe <laughs> and um <laughs> we'll be back next week with more great tips <laughs> 